0: The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poet's Corner. Today's feature is from Book 8, Part 17 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 198 is entitled, The Story of Creation, Part 4.
1: As Adam ponders the question, who am I? WHO CREATED ME? WHERE DID I COME FROM? WHY AM I HERE ON THIS EARTH? THE ANSWER COMES IN A DREAM.
0: ON A SHADY BANK perfused OF FLOWERS, PENSIVE, I SAT ME DOWN. THERE GENTLE SLEEP FIRST FOUND ME, AND WITH SOFT OPPRESSION seized MY DROWSED SENSE. UNTROUBLED, THOUGH I THOUGHT, I THEN WAS PASSING TO MY FORMER STATE, INSENSIBLE, AND FORTHWITH TO DISSOLVE when suddenly stood at my head a dream whose inward apparition gently moved my fancy to believe I yet had been and lived. One came, methought of shape divine, and said, Thy mansion wants thee, Adam Rice, first man, of men innumerable ordained first father. Called by thee, I come, thy guide, to the garden of bliss, thy seat prepared. So saying, by the hand he took me raised, And over fields and water, As in air smooth sliding without step, Last led me up a woody mountain, Whose high top was plain, A circuit wide enclosed with goodliest trees planted, With walks and bowers, That what I saw of earth before scarce pleasant seemed, Each tree loaded with fairest fruit that hung to the eye tempting, stirred in me such appetite to pluck and eat.
1: Adam woke from his dream and discovers the dream was real. He discovers himself standing in the presence of God.
0: Whereat I waked and found before mine eyes all real, as the dream had lively shadowed. Here had new begun my wanderings. Had not he who was my God up hither From among the trees appeared Presence Divine. Rejoicing, but with awe and adoration, at his feet I fell, submiss. He reared me, and whom thou soughtest I am, said mildly, Author of all this thou seest above, or round about thee, or beneath, this paradise I give thee. Count it thine to till and keep, and of the fruit to eat.
1: Adam is given charge of the Garden of Eden. In fact, he inherits the Garden. He has access to every fruit, for it is his. However, Adam is forbidden to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil.
0: Of every tree that in the garden grows, eat freely with glad heart. Fear here no dearth, but of the tree whose operation brings knowledge of good and ill, which I have set the pledge of thy obedience and thy faith amid the garden by the tree of life, remember what I warn thee, shun to taste and shun the bitter consequence. For know the day thou eatest thereof, my sole command transgressed, inevitably thou shalt die. From that day mortal and this happy state shall lose, expelled from hence into a world of woe and sorrow. Sternly he pronounced the rigid interdiction, which resounds yet dreadful in my ear, though in my choice not to incur. But soon his clear aspect returned, and gracious purpose thus renewed. Not only these fair bounds, but all the earth to thee and to thy race I give. As lords possess it, and all things that therein live, or live in sea, or air, beast, fish, and fowl.
1: God explains the curse that is placed upon the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The price is death, and loss of happiness, and loss of the garden. He shall be expelled from Eden, and sent into a world of sorrow and woe. It was a dreadful curse. However, Adam soon forgot the horror and focused on the present. He was lord of everything that lived in the sea. On the land, or in the air, Adam is commanded to name the animals.
0: In sign whereof each bird and beast behold after their kind, I bring them to receive from thee their names, and pay thee fealty with low subjugation. Understand the same of fish within their watery residence, not hither summons, since they cannot change their element to draw the thinner air. And thus he spake, each bird and beast behold approaching two and two, these cowering low with blandishment, each bird stooped on his wing. I named them as they passed, and understood their nature with such knowledge God endued my sudden apprehension. But in these I found not what me thought I wanted still, and to the heavenly vision thus presumed.
1: Adam names the animals. In fact, he is filled with sudden knowledge and comprehension of beast, fish, and fowl. Still, he lacks something. He wants to know more about his Creator. Adam asks God how he should worship.
0: O by what name? For thou above all things, above mankind, or aught then mankind higher surpassest far my naming. How may I adore thee, author of this universe, and all this good to man, for whose well-being, so amply, and with hands so liberal, thou hast provided all things. But with me I see not who partakes, in solitude, what happiness, who can enjoy alone, or all enjoying, with contentment find. Thus I presumptuous, and the vision bright, as with a smile more brightened, thus replied.
1: Adam wants to know what to call God. One is reminded of Moses standing before the burning bush.
0: And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Exodus 3.13
1: God answers Moses' question in a profound way that has provided Israelites and Christians guidelines to follow.
0: And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations.
1: Christ does not answer Adam's question directly. Instead, he chastises Adam for thinking he is alone. Christ said,
0: What callest thou solitude? Is not the earth with various living creatures, and the air resplendent? and all these at thy command to come and play before thee. Knowest thou not their language and their ways? They also know and reason not contemptibly. With these find pastime and bear rule, thy realm is large. So spake the universal Lord, and seemed so ordering, I with leave of speech implored, and humble deprecation thus replied
1: adam is not satisfied with the answer the animals are not his equal the animals are divided into pairs but they provide no companionship for him adam senses that he was meant for greater things so he continues to inquire of the lord why he was created
0: let not my words offend thee heavenly power my maker be propitious while i speak hast thou not made me here thy substitute and these inferior far beneath my set. Among unequals, what society can sort? What harmony or true delight? Which must be mutual in proportion due given and received, but in disparity, the one intense, the other still remiss, cannot well suit with either, but soon prove tedious alike. Of fellowship I speak, such as I seek. Fit to participate all rational delight, Wherein the brute cannot be human consort, They rejoice each with their kind, Lion with lioness, So fitly them in pairs thou hast combined, Much less can bird with beast, Or fish with fowl so well converse, Nor with the ox the ape, Worse than can man with beast, And least of all.
1: God pleased with Adam's question, patiently answers.
0: Whereto the Almighty answered, not displeased, a nice and subtle happiness I see thou to thyself proposes in the choice of thy associates, Adam, and wilt taste no pleasure, thou in pleasure solitary.
1: God asks Adam a strange question, but he teaches Adam a profound lesson. As Adam is higher than the animals, Christ is higher than man. If Adam feels alone among unequals, how must Christ feel alone among unequals? Yet he is still happy. God is testing Adam.
0: What thinkest thou then of me, and this my state? Seem I to thee sufficiently possessed of happiness or not, who am alone from all eternity? For none I know second to me or like, equal much less. How have I then with whom to hold converse? save with the creatures which I made, and those to me inferior, infinite descents beneath what other creatures are to thee.
1: Adam answers the Lord in a profound way. He shows that he understands more of the nature of God than he thought he did. It is wonderful the way Milton shows Christ teaching Adam, not through directly answering his questions, but by drawing the answers out of Adam himself. Adam demonstrates that he knows the vast differences between himself and God.
0: He ceased, I lowly answered. To attain the height and depth of thy eternal ways all human thoughts come short, supreme of things. Thou in thyself art perfect, and in thee is no deficiency found. Not so is man, but in degree the cause of his desire by conversation with his like to help or solace his defects. No need that thou shouldest propagate, already infinite, and through all numbers absolute, though one. But man by number is to manifest his single imperfection and beget like of his like, his image multiplied, in unity defective, which requires collateral love and dearest amity. Thou, by thy secrecy although alone, best with thyself accompanied, seeketh not social communication yet so pleased, can raise race thy creature to what height thou will, of union or communion defied. I, by conversing, cannot these erect from prone, nor in their ways complacent find. Thus I emboldened spake, and freedom used permissive, and acceptance found, which gained this answer from the gracious voice divine.
1: Adam explains that God is omniscient and doesn't learn from conversation. However, man is imperfect and must communicate with others of equal rank to grow and to learn. But above all, he must be taught by God himself. Only God can, quote, raise thy creature to what height thou wilt, of union or communion deified, unquote. In other words, Adam wants to become more like God. But to do that, he must commune with God and not animals. God answers Adam and informs him that he was just testing him, that only man is made in his image. He agrees with Adam that companionship only with the beast is not sufficient. Therefore, God will create a companion equal with Adam.
0: Thus far to try thee, Adam, I was pleased, and find thee knowing not of beasts alone, which thou hast rightly named, but of thyself expressing well the spirit within thee free, my image not imparted to the brute, whose fellowship therefore unmet for thee good reason which thou freely shouldest dislike, and be so minded still. I, ere thou spakest, knew it not good for man to be alone, and no such company as then thou sawest intended thee, for trial only brought to see how thou couldest judge of fit and meet. What next I bring shall please thee be assured, thy likeness, thy fit help, thy other self, thy wish, exactly to thy heart's desire.
1: Christ agrees that conversing with beasts alone is insufficient. He is pleased that Adam recognizes that he is high above the animals. He is free. Animals are not. Only to man did God give his image, not to beasts. The fellowship of animals is not sufficient. He adds that it is not good for man to be alone. Therefore, he will create one in Adam's likeness, who will be his equal. Adam, having told Raphael his experience, again speaks to Raphael and tells how Eve was created.
0: He ended, or I heard no more, for now my earthly by his heavenly overpowered which it had long stood under strain to the height in that celestial colloquy sublime, as with an object that excels the sense, dazzled and spent, sunk down, and sought repair of sleep, which instantly fell upon me, called by nature as in aid, and closed my eyes. My eyes he closed, but open left the cell of fancy my internal sight— by which abstract, as in a trance, methought I saw, though sleeping, where I lay, and saw the shape still glorious before whom awake I stood. Who, stooping, opened my left side, and took from thence a rib, with cordial spirits warm, and life blood streaming fresh. Wide was the wound, but suddenly with flesh filled up and healed the rib he formed and fashioned with his hands. Under his forming hands a creature grew, manlike, but different sex, so lovely fair, that what seemed fair in all the world seemed now mean, or in her summed up, in her contained, and in her looks, which from that time infused sweetness into my heart unfelt before. And into all things from her air inspired the spirit of love, and amorous delight.
1: Eve is created. She was so beautiful that whatever appeared beautiful before now seemed mean in comparison. In podcast 203, I shall continue the story of creation, part five.